0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori. And today we will be discussing strategies that Daniela and I use to help boost
1: our sales on Poshmark.
0: We have all had those weeks where it seems like we are just not receiving any notifications or sales on the Poshmark app, but we are here to help you conquer those slow days or weeks. We hope these tips are useful and help
1: generate more sales for all of you.
0: Lori. Hey, Daniela. How are you? I'm okay. I'm all right. It's a beautiful day here in New England. Oh my goodness.
1: It's been so great. And isn't it like the best sleeping weather because it's cool out. Yes, so the we- windows
0: are open with the yes. fans and I'm like sleeping like a baby. It's so yes, nice. It is. And it's warm, but it's not too warm. It's so nice right now. Mm I hope it stays this way for a little bit and doesn't go crazy humid hot out of nowhere in the next week or two. No it was it's been
1: a rough spring like weather wise you know coronavirus wise like so (laughs) this this has been a a welcome change just being able to be outside and uh, move around a little bit more. Um, So yeah so we are here today the day before Memorial Day 2020. I know. And it, it's these weeks go by so fast. I can't believe I'm even on an every other week schedule, Daniel, yeah. because <laughs> I feel like they just fly by. These weeks are crazy. But I loved I love your it. session with your friend Jen on sustainable fashion. I really enjoyed that coffee talk.
0: That's Jill, not Jen. Oh
1: God, <laughs> I have our other friend Jen on yes. my brain. Oh,
0: I know Jen will be on too. She's another one that will be on.
1: Oh, good. Yes. She's yes. wonderful.
0: Jen will be on. Yes, but. Yeah, that was fun. People seem to really like that too. So thank you to everyone who listened to the episode. I mean, I learned a lot even coming up with the script for it and and with Jill's knowledge in that directory and everything. It was, it was a really interesting topic. And I think um, a lot of us were surprised that certain brands made that list of sustainability.
1: Right. Like um, what was the one? Uh, Bonin. Bonin. Yeah, yeah, that was the one that stood out to me.
0: And Levi's, because I didn't I didn't realize real, uh, Levi's was considered sustainable because I think of them as almost, not fast fashion, but they're, you know, one of those brands that's just
1: everywhere. I think we take Levi's for granted because they've yeah. been around, so they're not necessarily a trendy name like some of the other brands you mentioned, like Everlane or something like that. That's yeah. really a buzz name right now, so I maybe that's why.
0: Yeah, it was fun. It was a good episode. I'm excited to... Um, to keep doing that, and I think a lot of people um, have a lot of interest of coming on, which is nice, and just getting people from different um, areas around the country and different expertise and everything. It's it's nice to get together and and just chat with people. So I'm looking yes, forward to wonderful. that. What oh. I did enjoy, Lori, last week was your video on uh, removing items from your junk drawer. That was really interesting <laughs> to me. Did you like talk that? about it? Yeah, you no, know, I did because I was when um, when we were moving. 2 years ago i never thought to go through all those items in my junk drawer and and put them in a like, even just put them in a bag and sell them on ebay that didn't even cross my mind all the things i threw away that i could have probably made money on
1: i know it was really eye opening for me i'm glad you enjoyed it thank you um it was fun to do because it was out of my wheelhouse it was something different it was hard goods um but at the same time it wasn't it didn't excite me as much but i it, at the same time it was kind of fascinating because they were items that I would have normally just brought to goodwill and not looked back because it wasn 't my thing, and some of those items were worth a fair amount, like the um, the Nutcracker guy from yes. Germany yeah. he was the one that was pretty interesting and then on the flip side i have I have tons of precious moments that I collected when I was little, and I thought, "Oh gosh, this is a nice, precious moment figurine new in the box, and that was worth like four dollars, so I was surprised in both directions. Um, It's amazing what you learn when you run comps on items.
0: How's eBay going? Because I know that's something that you discussed on your live with Denali about um, focusing a little bit more on eBay. Have you started doing that yet, cross-posting your items?
1: Yes, actually. I am happy to report. I haven't gotten those hard goods on there yet, but I have been consistently every day cross-posting to eBay from Poshmark um, using Vendoo. Um, but I have not made a sale. I got one offer. Um, somebody offered me, oh gosh, I can't even remember what it was, but it was like a half price offer. And when I countered, they went away. Oh, it was a Christian Dior blouse, something. Mm -hmm. And, um, when, when I countered, they, they went away and I haven't made any sales yet. But that's okay. I'm just kind of giving it time. I don't really have any expectations for eBay, so I'm just slowly, and I'm really only cross posting like three to five items a day. I'm not all gangbusters yet because I am going to do a store subscription, the twenty one dollars a month store. Yeah, um,
0: Denali just forced me to do that. Oh, that's <laughs> so. so I had I had the basic one, and she was like, "What are you doing? Get the store." And I was like, "All right, fine." I'll get the store.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think it makes sense. And in the, re- what prompted me with that, what I mentioned in my video was that I was getting, you know, you get your eBay invoice at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And I was noticing my invoice was between 20 and $30 a month, regardless of what I was selling. And like, this is crazy. Like I barely even sold anything there. I don't have a store subscription. Why is it so much? And when you really break down the fees um, and you look at what eBay is charging you when they relist things automatically. Um, You pay more for an insertion fee when you don't have a store. It just didn't make sense. And I watched several videos on it. And there was this one guy who I watched who said, if you have at least 73 items in your eBay store, Mm -hmm. it's worth having at least the basic store. And I think that might've been the starter store he was referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe and that's then, what
0: I mean. Maybe I had a starter, now I have a basic. I don't know. I have like the next step up.
1: Yeah. So I think once you have a certain amount of items in your eBay store, it just doesn't make sense to not have a store subscription. Yeah. So um, I think one of the reasons why I haven't really gone all out on my listings is because I haven't yet purchased the store. So purchase the store, purchase the <laughs> subscription. So that is next on my list because um, I just got a video up tonight about um, summer trends and swimsuits and I'm doing a big update to my website and by update I just mean I'm listing some new items so I wanted to kind of check that box off before I checked off my eBay box so
0: yeah I need to find time for my website I will eventually
1: very time consuming. It is, I mean, it, it is whatever you want it to be. I mean, I, um, you could really dig deep and really make it something special. Like I haven't done my newsletter yet. I haven't done a blog post yet. I've collected several email addresses people have given me, but I haven't really done anything with them. So, um, you know, <laughs> I will get there. Eventually. I'm excited to get there eventually, eventually. Yeah. So how about you? How was your week?
0: My week was pretty good. I've been collecting a lot of porch pickups from next door, which has been crazy the amount of donations that I've been getting. Um, That must be
1: like Christmas morning going through those bags.
0: So, some of them, yes, 100%. Some of them, uh, I just go right. Well, now that Savers has opened up here, I just like I dropped off two huge garbage bags of just stuff that there's no like I would never even bother listing or making a mystery box out of or anything like that like they just need to be donated their clothes just need to be donated um so I did that, but the last batch of pickups that I had have been excellent. And I was able to create more, uh, not so mystery reseller boxes. So I have six of those left. Some sold yesterday. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I have that going on and it's fun to have some free inventory. Some stuff I kept for myself. Um, this one woman had four pairs of new tag beta brand pants. So oh, that's cool. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs>
0: yeah. Very so
1: cool.
0: I'm listing those. Um, another woman had a uh, burton zip up brand new so i'm listing that as well uh yeah so i've i've had some good stuff that i've kept myself to um to list and other stuff i'm either redonating or i'm they're going into mystery boxes so that's it's just a it's a good way to make extra money and i'm not paying anything for inventory the only thing i'm wasting is gas right driving around um but all these people are local to me they're maybe you know a couple miles away they're not too far from me
1: that's exciting and can you share with our audience what um next door is how the app works
0: Sure, so Nextdoor is an app that you can download on Android and iOS devices, and mm-hmm. basically when you log into Nextdoor, um, it asks you your address, where you are, where you're located, In each region, I don't know how it's divided up, but each like community has its own name, so mine's called Stone Pond, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. cute. And uh, then the other communities that surround you have their own names. And when you create a post, so like this is like a forum. So basically, people are posting things that are going on in the neighborhood, or they're posting like, "I need help with whatever," you know, X Y Z, or "I'm looking for a plumber." Like it's a it's a forum for your community and for you to reach out to in your community. They have um, currently they have a COVID group that you can go into if you're an elderly person and need assistance with something, or if you are. um, Someone who can go out grocery shopping for, for a, a neighbor, there's a, a form for that as well. Mm-hmm. So basically you go on there. There's for, um, What I did is I went under free items, I believe. Let me see, it's called for sale and free. So I okay. just went under that tab and uh, there's a little plus button in the top right hand corner. You click that and you basically create a post and you add an image to it. And I just basically wrote, um, you know, I'm a part-time reseller And given that thrift stores are, this is when they weren't open, when I created the Mm -hmm. post, thrift stores aren't open, my inventory is running low, I'm looking for some free donations, kind of went into all that. Um, I let them know too, it'd be a contact less uh, pickup, you know, just leave it out. I wear mask, gloves, all of that. And I also make sure I tell them within that post that whatever items I'm not going to use myself, I will be donating. So they're not just gonna be thrown away or anything. The items will go to donation. And I've I've probably had about 10 to 15 people reach out to me, which has been great. At first, though, I didn't get anyone. It was like a good two, three weeks before anyone contacted me. And then last week, it was like I had six come all at once. And I actually have someone um, who lives in um, the East Providence area. So I don't know how she saw my post, but she did. There must be something on Nextdoor where it shows it to other people across... The region I don't know like um, outside
1: of your community that yeah yeah <laughs> I
0: must have clicked something when I posted it and just didn't realize it there must be an option I think there is an option where you can show it to like a broader range a broader audience mm-hmm. and she reached out to me and she actually wants to get into reselling so we had a, a long phone conversation and um she wants to get into it but she doesn't really know how to start and she asked if I would um consign a few things for her and kind of show her the ropes and stuff so um, I'm in the works of talking that through and You know, thinking about that, but it's you know, if I, um, I'm going to be honest, the stuff that she sells, I'd actually feel the stuff that she has, I'd feel guilty if I sold myself because she'd be making so much money. She just did it herself. Um,
1: Oh, right, right, wow. So I almost,
0: I just want to kind of teach her (laughs) and then have her do it because the items that she has, like she's a been a thrifter her whole life, kind of thing. So she just collects all of these items.
1: Wow. Wow. That's interesting. She must have a fun, like- That her entire
0: basement is filled.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I've had, um, just this weekend, somebody asked if I would consign something for them and it's it's just not my thing. I I feel like it's for the work that it takes to like get it from somebody and then Uh I do the listing and work out what the breakdown would be and then what I report for taxes and getting them the money. It just seems like, you know what, let me just teach you how to do it. And- you know, I think sometimes people are intimidated to resell. Yeah. And that's, that's
0: the field that I got too from her. And I just kind of kept saying to her, like, I really think it's easier if I just show you how to use the app and you just do it yourself.
1: And Um, that's why Poshmark is so nice because it's so user-friendly, even people who are totally like, they can't be bothered, like from a time. Like some people just like, no, I don't have the time for that. But really when it comes to Poshmark, really anybody can make the time to do like, two to five listings, even if that's all they ever do. you know.
0: I agree. I agree. So yeah, I don't know what my response is going to be to her, but I, I'm probably just going to show her how to use um, the app and just kind of check out what type of donation she has from a very safe distance. She said she'd put it out on her lawn and she'd be on her porch and I could take a look. Um, so I might do that and just kind of show her, do a step-by-step on how to use the app and call it a day because I honestly don't don't think I, not that I don't want to be bothered, but it's just, it's a lot of work and I already have my own stuff I need to take care of. So.
1: Yeah. And the, the few friends who I have, um, at least said to them that I would consign for are the really high end items. Like if, if somebody in the example I'm thinking of is I had a friend who said, you know, I have two Burberry purses. I don't want to sell them on my own. She ended up doing it on her own, but for that, I would say, I mean, that's an easy list. It's also, um, you make enough profit that it's worth sharing. You know, if it, right. you know, if you're, if you're selling somebody's bag of clothing and you're making like a $12 profit on stuff, that's where it gets, I think a little too much, but the high-end items I would consider consigning, yeah.
0: you know, stay, stay personal preference. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on that. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I'm still thinking it through.
1: Well, that's so exciting. I signed up for the Nextdoor app and Ooh. um I, I I knew you had a better understanding of it. Um yeah. but when, when I signed up a little while ago, one of the things that it asked as an option was like your interest. So I I think I clicked oh, on I, gar- no. I clicked on gardening <laughs> Daniela. Like every day now I get notification emails like, you know, um Bartholomew wants to know if your, you know, basil works well in mild sunlight and I'm like oh my gosh every day I get posts about gardening now and I'm not even like I garden we were just talking about it before we started our call we have a garden I'm somewhat interested which is why I clicked it but I certainly don't want to be in a daily chat about so I have to go back in and make an adjustment
0: yeah I don't think I clicked any interest usually when stuff like that pops up I'm like nope skip all set I don't want Mm -hmm. you to know anything about me (laughs)
1: Yeah, it wasn't for that reason. I was just like, oh, maybe this is part of it. (laughs) Here I am. Not one thing about like, I haven't even done a post about doing pickups. Um, But yeah, so that I thought that was funny, my experience with Nextdoor. So be careful what you check off.
0: Yeah, and Nextdoor isn't super popular in my community, because it's basically the same stuff all the time. Like, there are things from four weeks ago that still pop up. But then like, I don't have that many current things that pop up. So um, I think it depends where you live too, and how many people are using it will kind of dictate how many porch pickups you'll have as well. So,
1: yeah, well, it's really interesting, and in, in so many people um, that I have seen, you know, on YouTube, in the reseller community, in my Instagram feed, are taking advantage of being creative and getting. Um, you know, I feel like you go back six weeks, and we were all like, "What are we going to do? Let's mm-hmm. come up with some ideas." Um, and people were making suggestions about reaching out to friends. And now, you know, so many people have done that. And I really think it's changed the way some people will source forever because they're realizing that there's so much at their fingertips that they don't even have to pay for that. That's that's just something they can tap into now, which is really exciting.
0: Yeah. I will say, and this is the last thing we'll say about Nextdoor is um, once you have that communication, that open communication with the person that you're going to pick up from because you can send private messages back and forth. Yeah. Um, I would keep those conversations going and, you know, reach out to them again. Maybe in a couple months, months, be like, hey, you know, if you have anything else that you're willing to donate and, you know, that one woman, actually two women, that donated clothes to me have already said and messaged me, you know, I typically clean out again in August, so I'll send you a message for you to come pick up again. Like that's great. That's free inventory for me. That's
1: fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And especially it only takes one woman yeah. with like a shopping habit and good taste. Yes. <laughs> who you'll totally make a connection crazy. with who just can't be bothered and all of a sudden, you know
0: Yeah. You yeah. make some so big good. profit. Well that
1: is really exciting. I love that. am we chatted about that. All right, let's get into the meat here for today. Yeah.
0: Poshmark. Poshmark sales, how have they been for you, Lori, in the last couple of months with COVID and everything?
1: Um, so it's funny, uh, ironically, I feel like my sales were so the first two weeks of um, the month, like in March, were very unsteady. And I did my what sold video where I compared the first two weeks of March and then we were home as of March 12th or 13th and compared. The last two weeks, and it was a a big dip, but then April, I think was my strongest month to date on poshmark and um, But now May has started to slow down a little bit, and I think it 's because maybe people are finally getting out or maybe because the stimulus checks have come and gone, and now people are really seriously concerned about where they 're going with their job um, and it 's also summer. I think people are thinking about getting outside they 're not in shopping so much, so April was super strong. Um, and may has been just meh, not so great.
0: Yeah. My March was okay. My March wasn't bad. I had the nuts of mystery reseller boxes then. So that really skyrocketed my sales. Oh, sure. Um, April was nothing. Like I, if I even broke even (laughs) that would be like, that would have been a miracle. I, April was not good for me at all. Um, and I'm sure there's reasoning behind that. Like I deleted a bunch of listings and all that. I'm sure that played a big part in it. I wasn't listing as much. Um, May has been okay. It's better than April. Um, Not great, but not horrible. So it's like (laughs) meds a meds, you know, nothing, nothing. Yeah.
1: Well, it's interesting, you know, because we were almost on like opposite schedules here because April was the strongest and, yeah. And and I, I do think a lot has to do with what you put into it. And I do think I was listing more in April and as we've turned the corner here, um, I don't know, now I'm looking towards activities. Now, Rocco is going to have a confirmation. Angelina is going to have an outdoor graduation. We've had some family things going on um, in in my world these first two weeks of May. My dad and my brother have had things going on. So like I just haven't been as focused, I don't think. Mm. So I'm sure that has a little something to do
0: with it. But yeah.
1: But there are still ways to get some business going. Yeah, so talk I Talk about
0: that. I think that um, when you see your sales slow down, you really need to take a step back before you let the emotion take over because it's so easy to let the emotion take over Mm -hmm. uh, and just think of all the ways that you, all the different things that you can do to help you get some more attention to your closet and get some more sales. So this is Poshmark specific, Uh, sorry to our eBay listeners, but that's just where our expertise kind of lies.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, and because I think there are, I think Poshmark, it's, it is more strategy with Poshmark. I think eBay is just more, just keep listing, just keep listing and sending offers to watchers occasionally, but you can only do it one time, Um, where Poshmark, I feel like is a little bit more of a dance. It's more of a game. So I think there's a little bit more strategy involved.
0: Yeah, I agree. So the first one we have here is, seems obvious, but sending offers to likers, it seems like a very simple thing to do. Um, I know for me personally, I have a strategy when I use it. Uh, Whenever I notice that things are kind of slow or it's been a week or so and things aren't really great, um, I take the opportunity to send out pretty aggressive offers. I usually pick Thursday night or Friday morning and what I personally do is I'll heavily discount the item while still making money. So maybe instead of tripling my money, I'm only doubling. Um, and I send out free shipping along with it as well. So I figure- but By
1: aggressive offer, like what percentage would you consider? Uh,
0: 50% or lower.
1: Like 50 or 60% or- Yeah, or, yeah I'm okay. sorry.
0: 50% or higher. I shouldn't have said lower. 50, oh, 60. No. Yeah,
1: no, I'm just clarifying. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's great.
0: Mm-hmm. Plus free shipping and I'm still making money on my item. So, but now that's that, that's not the case with everything, but for the items that I can do that to, then I will. So someone's getting a really great deal on an item that might be designer or luxury at a really great price and I hope that that triggers the algorithm somehow. The mm-hmm. free shipping thing, I do even for like items that I market 20, 30% off. So it depends. I'll have certain items I've already sent offers out throughout the um the last month they only send offers offers to likers that are this aggressive once a month um but I do send offers to likers out when people like items as well so that's typically that 20 to 30 percent I'll do sometimes with okay. no shipping discount so we'll talk about the bundle feature after okay. um but that's that's what I'll do if someone likes an item I'll go into the bundle add the add the item to the bundle might write them a little note or something and then um I'll send them a 20, 30% off with no shipping discount whatsoever. And then the once a month I send a big discount with free shipping and it tends to work. I tend to get like anywhere from three to six sales from it. And that's pretty good.
1: That is good. So are you going through your entire closet when you do that? Okay. My
0: whole closet. Mm -hmm.
1: And how many items do you have in your closet these days?
0: I have 302 right now.
1: All right. Well, that's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that's, that's going through a lot to send those offers. That's, that's really good. I, I don't have, I don't have much of a strategy. (laughs) No, I do. I guess I do. I send 20% off with discounted shipping on the regular, on a daily basis. I, I don't wait until Thursday or Friday. I, I tend to pay closer attention on Thursdays and Fridays and maybe send out more 30% offs, then 20% off. And sometimes it really just depends on the item. If it's been sitting for a while, sometimes I'll do 40 or 50 and be aggressive. I was not a person who used um, free shipping a lot. So what I would do is I would do 20% off with discounted shipping would be my first Offer And I would skip 10% altogether. But lately on higher end items or just items that are really fresh to my closet, I've been doing 10% off with free shipping. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's been any better than the... 20% 20% off with discounted shipping. I wonder which one appeals to people more. Is it the free shipping that is like, oh, I get free shipping or is it a higher percentage? I don't I know. Or say- maybe it's the combination of the two, like like yeah. you were saying, like an aggressive offer with free shipping.
0: Yeah, I think it's a combination, but I think when people see free shipping, they're willing to pay that little bit extra for it. Um, because I mean, I know when I shop websites, whatever website it may be, Bath and Body Works, whatever, like when I see the shipping's discounted or it's free, I'm going for it. Like, okay, that's fine. I'll spend the extra $10 on the item that I want and get free shipping. You know, that's Yeah, because I-
1: they usually have like a threshold, like spend yeah. 50, spend 75, get yeah. free shipping, and then that boosts you up. Yeah, yeah. So I think from a mental standpoint, I've been trying the free shipping. I I haven't really looked at my analytics to see- if it's been more successful than the 20% with discounted shipping, but I'm very generous with my offers. Yeah. And um, I've said this before. I think my only strategy um, that I don't really have to keep track of as far as measuring it like once a month or anything is I, I do what I call and I've said this a few times before, but in case people haven't heard it before is I collect likes, I call it. So if I have an item um, and it gets a lot of like a lot of likes. I will send out that twenty percent discounted shipping to two, three, twenty people. Like as many likes come in, I'm sending out the same offer. And then once I've collected a bunch of likes, and say now on a pair of Lululemon leggings, I've offered twenty percent off in discounted shipping to twenty people. And then I decide maybe it's at the end of the month or maybe it's once I just have the likes. Like, okay, now I have 20 people. Now I'm going to send out a little bit more of an aggressive. So now maybe I'll go to 30% with discounted shipping or I'll up my percentage. And then it gets blasted out to all 20 people. And that I think usually is successful for me because then it creates a little sense of urgency. When I'm sending one-off offers to likers, like somebody likes it, I send them an offer. Two people like it, they get an offer. When they get the notification, it will just say to them, you know, you are being offered a 20% discount with discounted shipping, and this has been sent to one other person. Well, they're like, well, this isn't really a hot item. Like, I don't need to worry about this. Maybe, maybe they're the only person I sent the like to, but when I collect the likes and I blast it out to 20 to 30 people, then they're like, oh boy, this is a good deal, and it went to all these people, and that's usually when I get something to go.
0: Yeah, I I used to do that when I first started on Poshmark, and then I stopped. I don't know why. I just changed the way I did it. I do mm-hmm. want to mention though when I when I factor in free shipping, so I have when I price an item, I factor all that stuff in. Like I know that I'm eventually going to offer free shipping and all that, so all that's factored into my price. So I know when I'm offering free shipping that I'm not losing out in any sense of um, mm-hmm. um, any money. So
1: yeah, I definitely price my stuff. I that it's it yeah it's yeah i i i can't I can probably count on one hand how many times I've lost money on a sale, whether I'm offering I don't
0: think I've ever actually lost, I don't know, yeah, I'm sure yeah. I have come close to losing money, maybe like I maybe only made a couple of bucks on something, but
1: Yeah. There's one in particular I'm thinking it was the eBay sale and it was a pair of boots that I sold for $19 that I got at the bin. So they probably cost two or $3. um, And they were shipping to California and they weighed like two and a half pounds. And I think it cost $18 and (laughs) 50 cents to ship them. That's like the only thing, that's the only one I can think of offhand that I actually lost a dollar or two on. This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends, As you all know, reselling is my passion. I love consuming as much content as I can about growing my reselling business, but even I need an occasional break. So when I feel like I need a mental palate cleanser, my go-to refresher is the mobile puzzle game, Best Fiends. I'm now past level 45 and going strong. There's something so gratifying about watching the fun graphics on the screen light up when you complete a level. I'm always working hard to kill the slugs and collect more of the cute little characters. After a long day of listing or shooting a YouTube video or recording a podcast with Daniela, it's nice to unwind on the couch and level up my game on Best Fiends. Best Fiends updates their game monthly with new levels and events so it never gets old. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Download Best Fiends today and join the fun.
0: That's so upsetting. Oh, so upsetting. (laughs) That's why I
1: list all my shoes on Poshmark. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, so that's one thing you can do. Um, the next thing is the bundle feature, which I kind of talked about. But I think the great, the greatest thing with the bundle feature, and what I use it for mostly, is starting a dialogue with my buyer. Like that's why I like it because there's no direct message option on Poshmark. So for me, I like being able to go into the bundle and be able to type to the, to the buyer and be like, Hey, thank you so much for liking these items. You know, if they'd liked a whole bunch of them, I'll, I'll mention, you know, if they w- if they were curious or if they wanted to um, bundle them, you know, what type of discount I'd be able to give to them and just kind of get that conversation going. Mm-hmm.
1: I think Absolutely. it's great for that. I think it's probably my most successful strategy on Poshmark. I have a, I have a lot of bundle sales. I also think it's because I have a lot of items in my closet. I think that helps bundles. Um, but, I think, in the month of in between April and May, I just counted. I had between fifteen and twenty bundles that that wow. went out. and um yeah, i it's it's all about starting the conversation, like you said, Daniela, like just getting things in there and and I will create bundles anytime somebody likes more than one item, basically. If somebody likes two items, I'm gonna put them in a bundle, and I'm gonna send them a message. and but also my standard script, while we've been in quarantine. Is um, thank you for shopping my closet. I see that you liked a few items. Um, I went ahead and created a bundle for you. During this time, I am doubling my traditional bundle savings and I spell it out for them. I said, you know, normally it's an automatic 15%, I'm offering 30% off. Um, And then I do the math and say something say something with the 30% comes to like $57. Mm -hmm. I'll send them an offer for $55. So give them a little bit of a bump. Plus I'll do discounted shipping if it's not going to affect, if my weight isn't affected. So I'm basically telling them that I'm offering them double my normal. And then I give them like a percentage or two extra when I actually send the bundle offer. And then in a separate message, I'll say something like, Oh, by the way, I threw in discounted shipping for you also. And one other thing that I do in my bundles, which I think makes a real big difference in, getting my customers to trust me. Um, and it's very sincere as I, I always say to them, don't worry about time, like don't feel any pressure. This offer will stand. Yeah. And feel free to add or remove any items and send me a new offer. Like, so they don't feel this pressure like you have until tomorrow. That That's just not right. my style. I'm, I'm sure it works for people, but I think that puts people at ease. And I can't tell you the amount of bundles that I will create for someone that weeks later, people come back and say my, uh, you know, I just sold some things in my Poshmark closet. I'm ready to buy now. I'm gonna make a few changes. Can I still get 30%? And I say, absolutely. And I don't know, it's probably one of the strongest things that I do strategically for Poshmark.
0: Yeah, and I like it for that, for um, the communication aspect of it, because I think it's so important while you're in business to have that open communication with potential buyers. The other way that I use the bundle feature that I've done the past, and I haven't done it recently just because I haven't had time is I'll contact all my previous buyers. Mm -hmm. I literally go through and sit in the computer all day long. Like it's like a Saturday, Sunday thing for me. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I message every single one and I basically will tell them, Hey, I'm running a special sale or discount for all of my previous buyers Um, sometimes I do 50% off a bundle. Sometimes I do 30% off your entire purchase. Um, and just kind of tell them, you know, I'll just tell them bundle, bundle it up. Tell me when you're all set and I'll send them the offer. And typically when I do that sale for previous buyers, not only am I now getting a repeat buyer into my store, but they're so appreciative that I'm reaching back out to them, um, Mm -hmm. and offering them a special deal just because they've bought from me once before. So
1: yeah, that's a great idea. It's really nice, I think, to reconnect with people who have shopped with you before and, um, you know, your repeat customers to take care of them.
0: Yeah. So that's the bundle feature.
1: Yeah, that's a great strategy. I I think the bundle feature is like one of the best things about Poshmark. Um, Yeah. It's really nice to be able to have a private conversation. And um, I also use the bundle feature. I just want to say one other thing. Um, When I get lowball offers, so... (laughs) I kind of use it as a way to diffuse the yeah. sometimes the the angst I feel when somebody sends a lowball offer, like to try to turn it around. Um, you know, I, I will often put it in a bundle and and just say, unfortunately, like I really appreciate your offer. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks for shopping my closet. Unfortunately, at this time, I can't accept the current offer. Can we meet in the middle? Or I'll say something like, um, I just listed this item. If it's still available in a couple weeks, check back, and um, I can reconsider it if it's still available. And I don't know. I just feel like it takes the sting out of it sometimes. And sometimes people are really nice, and it may turn into a sale. Other times they ignore me, and that's okay too. But I reached out. So yeah, it's it's a nice it's a nice way to talk to people because yes. I've said this before too. The only thing that separates. I mean, we sell used clothing for the most part, or at least I do. That's the majority of my closet. Like I actually have to be better at customer service than Nordstrom has to be because my stuff is used. So if you take the customer service out of it, then what makes you stand out on Poshmark?
0: Very true. I mean,
1: obviously your items, you can have really great items, but you know, if you have really great items and they're expensive, then why wouldn't somebody go to Nordstrom and buy it?
0: It's Very true. You bring up a good point.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Okay. Next, Next one. Question. When in doubt, what do you need to do? You need to list more, right? I feel like people say it over and over and over again. It's like you're just beating the drum and always saying it, but when in doubt, just keep listing. Like, you know, if things are slow and you don't know, you're doing everything that you can, just relist if you don't have new stuff to list. Now with that new copy feature on Poshmark, oh gosh, how awesome amazing. is that?
1: We really have to talk about that, I think.
0: Yes, 100% because, well, I mean, we have relist on this list, but now with the copy feature, so, yeah. so easy. Oh um, my gosh.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to relist.
0: Yeah, but listing new stuff, um, I'll, I'll combine the next thing we have, written, we have written down is review your listing. So while you're listing new things, make sure you're checking for typos. Make sure you're using the descriptive words and SEO search engine optimization, make sure you're looking at your photos, retaking them if you need to, you know, all of that stuff. Um, Just make it a clear, concise listing. I think it's so important. How many times have I listed something and I look back, I'm like, Daniela, you typed three words incorrectly. Oh my gosh. size is wrong. Like, what are you doing? It's just so important to do that because that actually makes a big difference. Someone could be searching for that specific item, but you have typos and you didn't include the size or whatever it is. And people and it's just, it. it's
1: not a big deal, but it's a little bit of a reflection on you. Like yeah. I was just looking the yeah, other day no, no, no. and instead of quarter zip, I wrote Porter zip on a sweater. Right. And I mean, that sweater had been listed for months. And I'm like, how am I just seeing this right now? People must think I'm crazy. You know, yeah. um, but you know, I'm sure most people realize it's a typo, but it just kind of, you know, you want to make a good first impression. So it's nice to always be looking at those. And I think that's one of the benefits of having a smaller closet is I feel like you're really in tune with what you have. I know you are Daniela, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you, you relist an awful lot. And I think you're constantly looking at your listings and how you can improve them. And I don't know that I do that so much. Like some things I, I put them on and, and they're old and I'm just like, whatever, like they're just there. Um, but I have been using that copy feature lately. And what I've been using that my first wave were items that were returned for whatever reason, or I like, I I took them down and now I want to relist them. So they're not, they're not just relist for the sake of relist. They're things that were sold and were returned. And then I never relisted them. So I only had like four or five items, but um, as I was relisting, I was brightening up my cover photos. I was changing words. And yeah, I was much more in tune with how I could improve that listing. And hopefully it makes a difference. We'll see.
0: Yeah. And I think with this new copy feature, which I guess we could just go into, it, was, it all flows together. Um sure. There's a couple things you need to be mindful of if you're doing the new copy listing. So if you don't have, if you haven't updated your app, um, I think most people have it now. That was like one of the updates that I think everyone was able to get stories. I still don't have, I I won't probably be using them, but I still don't have stories. Um, So basically what you do is you go into any listing that you have. So if you want, you can do this with us now. Um, Mm -hmm. Once you're in that listing, you're going to hit the edit button as if you're going to edit your listing. You're going to scroll all the way down, and at the bottom left-hand corner, it says copy listing. So you're going to click on that, and uh, there's going to be a pop-up, and it says uh, copy listing. This will take you to a copy of this listing titled copy, so it's telling you that, and then it, it has the title of the dress on it that I'm that I'm clicking on right now. Are you sure you want to continue? So I click yes. Mm-hmm. It generates a new listing. It takes a little bit, pops up all the photos, your description. Everything is there. Everything is copied. Um, it's amazing. It really is. It really, really is. So then when you go to your title, you're going to notice it says copy in all caps uh, and then I'll have the title in there. So you're going to want to remove that copy. So you're going to delete that out.
1: Yeah. So um, right in your title, whatever it is, if it's an Everlane t-shirt, it will say copy dash and then your title. So right. It's, it's right there in, in the texts. So yeah. you just. You just delete the word copy and the hyphen and then you move everything over to the left and then it's as good as new.
0: Yes. So then you can make all your edits a lot. So what I've been doing with the items that I'm using this copy feature for is I'm going in and revisiting the description, revisiting everything, maybe making some changes to the category. Maybe I wasn't as descriptive in my category section, um, adjusting prices, you know, mm-hmm. because I think it I am not, um. I don't typically discount things in my closet like for closet clear out and stuff. I don't typically do that. So this is my way of discounting an item and relisting it at the same time. Uh, so then you do all that. You click next. It will post the item for you. And then I just go back into my closet and then I delete the original posting of it. And that's it.
1: Yeah, it's actually, it even flows I know like what Daniela said was just very descriptive and stuff. And that I hope some of you will take advantage and walk through it with us. Um, But honestly, it's so fast. And for me, where I have only done the copy post um, with items that are no longer available, I will go into my sales. And you know, if you get a return and it's like a little red with an X through it, um, I just go into my sales and then you go into the canceled sale, um, and the same format, you can still go in and edit, even though it's a listing that's no longer available. So I just, just just worth mentioning. Yeah. Because even though it's, it's no longer for sale. So then I don't have to delete any listing because Mm -hmm. it's a, it's an old listing. So those were the ones I just wanted to resurrect them. And, um, get them back and up and running before I, because what happened was they were sitting in my inventory, you know, these things that had right. been returned or orders that had been canceled before they even went out. Um And I kept seeing them as I would get sales and go into my inventory. I'm like, oh my God, I have to relist that Lacoste shirt or those Hoka One sneakers. Those were the two that I just did yesterday. But um yeah, it's such a great feature. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you, Poshmark, if you're yeah. listening.
0: I think that was one of the best updates that they could have come out with because it not only simplifies the relisting process, but it actually gets people more excited to relist. It's very easy. It's comprehensive. And if they do it, the app does it for you. All you need to do is to make one small edit and you're good to go. So I think that was a great update on their end. It's uh-huh.
1: really nice to see Poshmark making some changes so that we as resellers aren't forced to do things outside of the app you know, because like, I love Vendu, love it so much. And one of the features I love about Vendu is that you can relist from there, you know, you can just delist and relist with like the press of two buttons. And it's interesting because I think Poshmark must be seeing all these outside, you know, like reseller insight, uh, which is the app that gives you all your data. And, you know, why people have to spend money elsewhere outside of the Poshmark app to get this information when Poshmark has the information and they can give it to their sellers. So it's nice to see them making some of these changes that help their sellers. So happy.
0: Yeah. I think um, in one of the updates that they, they had that YouTube live on um, they had mentioned that there's going to be different seller insights they're going to be giving to us. So I'm very curious to see when that rolls out and what type of data we're going to be getting. So I hope it's what we've all been asking for. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Really um, curious.
1: Yeah. And I love how I just wake up one day and it's there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's
1: so funny. Oh, and also that now we have 16 photos. Yes. 16
0: photos. That's right. Yep, I'm very happy, happy about that. And I know some people say, well, you don't really need 16 photos. Okay. Well, if you are selling a um, higher end item and it does have some slight flaws because it's vintage or whatever it may be, you want to be able to show all of that. So I'm very happy with 16 photos.
1: Oh, for sure. I think I will rarely use 16, but I'm still happy to have the feature for 100%. I mean, I will probably likely use 10 to 12 often. I probably won't use 16 very often. Right. But like you said, in the case that you do need 16, aren't we all happy we have it?
0: Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I think um, eight just wasn't enough, especially if an item had... a couple of flaws and you really wanted to show it at different angles exactly. uh it just made it a little difficult to do that so or even
1: something without flaws like a purse
0: yeah you want to show the features yeah
1: exactly like why not more it just helps sell it it just helps sell it
0: i agree i agree all right so the last one that we have on this list is uh closet clear out so i don't participate in closet clear out anymore i did previously Um, I just have gotten the habit to relist instead of marking the item down I just Mm -hmm. relist the item at a newer price Um, so that's what I do But if you participate in closet clear out it's a great way to mark things down your closet Send those notifications to the people that have liked that item. They're getting discounted shipping on top of it I think it's I think it's great.
1: Yeah So for people who don't know what closet clear out is. Yeah, it's just when if you drop your price of an item on Poshmark by at least 10% and it has to be lower than you've ever lowered it before. So like if I put something, if I had something at 50 and I put it on sale for $40, but then I raise the price back up to 50 and I want to participate in closet clear out, it has to be 10% less than $40. So whatever the lowest price was that you ever had it at 10% and then your, the people who have previously liked the item, will get a notification from Poshmark and Poshmark will issue them uh, discounted shipping. So it doesn't come out of your pocket. So it's extra incentive for people. And it also goes to everybody who have liked the item before. So it's a nice, it's a nice feature, potentially the downside that I think Daniela would agree with me on is that once you lower the price, it's kind of tough to go back in there and then raise the price. Um, and then it just it just gets hairy. So the only time that I use closet clear out is, you know, when you're reviewing your closet and maybe it's been a few months and maybe when you listed something like a free people blouse or something, if I listed it in 2019, the value might've been a little bit higher than it is now. And now I'm scrolling through my closet and I think, oh boy, did I really want to list that thermal for $68 like, right, or right. whatever it is? those are the cases that I'll say, you know what, it's time to drop this price. So I I think because I don't relist as much, sometimes I'll see things and say, let me just drop it and see what happens. So the only time I really participate in closet clear out is when I have an item that I feel is currently overpriced. um, And I don't plan on going back in and raising the price back up, like something I can live with. There have been times that I participate in closet clear out, and then I go back like a week later, and I'm like,
0: oh my God, what the hell, why is that so low? You know?
1: <laughs> and then I feel bad. Then I feel like I'm forced to relist because now I don't want to raise the price. So yeah. it's kind of an awkward thing, I think. It is.
0: And I think there's three things that we can mention about it. The first one is when you're lowering the price of your item, on the right-hand side, there's that little calculator icon. It will give you the green check mark if you've met, if you've met the, uh, the percentage
1: Yes. Correct. So
0: That's the one thing. The second thing is at the top right-hand corner of your listing, it will show your buyers and you can see it too, how much of a discount this item has had. So let's say you had it listed at, I don't know, whatever, whatever price, but you had it listed at 50 and now it's at 25. It's going to show 50% that it's been de- decreased. So that's something else. So your buyer will see that.
1: That and it's a big value or, or yeah. not. Yeah. yeah whatever I mean, it is. Was
0: the is. Third thing. Oh, you can easily forget about items that you've discounted and they sit there and you never look at them. And then maybe someone goes to buy it off of whim and then you're like, oh, oh, okay. That's sold for $10. Okay. Oops. Well, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is.
1: <laughs> then at least it's gone, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So those I think are the three key points when it comes to um, closet clear out. I just don't do it anymore because I'd rather relist it, but that's me.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I I think more and more people are relisting. And again, it's a function of how many items you have in your closet. Um, Yeah, I don't tend to relist. I'm just more of a just like move on, list more, keep listing. That's my mentality. However, I have some really nice items that have way too many likes and have been sitting for way too long to now be at the bottom of people search. Cause a lot of people do search by just in, and I have some really great pieces that deserve my attention and deserve to be relisted. And I, I know they will sell. I just haven't seen to carve time out to put release relisting into my regimen, but uh, I, don't I, I worry, think you don't it's have any worth time. It.
0: How do you not have any time, Lori? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So that concludes our discussion on, um, Poshmark um, yeah.
0: That's and
1: it. how to combat low sales. And yeah, really, I always say the secret sauce. Oh, one of the things that we didn't mention, Daniela, which I think we should, What's is that? just sharing sharing your closet. Oh,
0: maybe like the most important thing you have yes. to do on Poshmark. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: not one of our bullets. Um, we both missed that. Um, yeah. But yeah, because when I have been talking to people, um, you know, through closet consults, I always say it's it's kind of a script of mine and I really believe it. It's just my opinion, but I really think the secret sauce is listing and sharing your own closet and doing yeah. it very consistently on a daily basis. If you have a smaller closet, share a couple times a day. Um, sharing your own stuff is more important than sharing other people's. I think that's stuff that's been covered a thousand times over on social media, but I do believe that to be true. So yeah, sharing and listing I think is where it's at and having desirable items in a good price range with good pictures.
0: are going to keep adding to your list. Sidebar, yes. <laughs> All right, do we have time
1: for take it or leave it? We can I mean, go we fast. Can do
0: it. We can do it, why not? So for this take it or leave it, we are going to do it a little differently this time. And we're going to focus on categories of clothing that you find at the thrift store instead of brands, because I think there's lots of categories there that, um, I know I pass over quite often. Okay. <laughs> um, so the first one we have on the list is maternity. I never look at maternity and I probably should, cause there's some really hot maternity brands that people search for.
1: I search for hatch. Um, oh, which-
0: so funny story, our friend Jen, who, um, Oh, yeah. I
1: noticed on her little survey, she wrote Hatch the other day. She
0: loves Hatch. And I never even heard the brand before. So now when I go to the thrift store, I'm going to look for Hatch.
1: Yes. And I have to credit uh, Mogi Beth with the knowledge of that brand for myself. Um, But she mentioned it. And I was in New York City. I was in Manhattan and at a Goodwill. And I picked up a sweater, a sweatshirt. And I listed it for $85. It had a tremendous amount of um, attention. It sold for $65.
0: Oh, wow. And then
1: somebody opened a case. And when I say, so the the thread on the wrist, um, the seam was about half of a centimeter loose on the wrist and oh, they returned it. So I think it was more buyer's remorse than the item. So now I've relisted it, but it hasn't sold, but it still gets an enormous amount of attention. And it is based, it's a sweatshirt dress, plain Jane, um that I have listed for $85 so I'm sure if I lowered the price it would go really fast at like 50 but um but yeah so I look for Hatch and I also look for just desirable brand name jeans because I feel like I when I look in the maternity section the jeans are always like really wonky, like big yeah. boot cut jeans or just like, so I do think that women are looking for fashionable jeans. Um, so whenever I see a decent, and I, and I think, I can't remember the brand, maybe it was Paige or I think I sold AG. I think I sold yeah, AG. The
0: AG has maternity. I know
1: Maternity. That. Okay. That's what I sold. So yeah, I'll look at the jeans and I look for Hatch. Outside of that, it's a really quick drive-by.
0: Yeah. I don't even drive by. I just buy <laughs> <laughs> I veer right so uh, I turn yeah
1: okay so bras and yeah, underwear
0: yeah so underwear meaning like the spanks and all that kind of stuff yeah no I don't look at that either I probably once again probably should because I know people have found spanks in that category I like so the maternity bras and underwear and the next category we're going to talk about are all in the same aisle and I never go down it ever
1: oh my gosh and I actually always do <laughs> um I do I have bought and sold Spanks quite a few times and they're usually marked really inexpensive, uh, uh, in the like slip aisle. I'm always flabbergasted by what they price Victoria's Secret bras at, at Savers. It's kind of a joke, but then they'll have like third love or, um, like Soma or other brands, other bras that are just more high end, um, or just. I, I don't know. Like I, I, I just like looking through the bras and slips and I like vintage pajamas. Um, yeah, it is. I don't, I not so much on, yeah, no, no underwear. Do they even sell underwear? No. No, but
0: know. I'm thinking more of like, um, like the, the under- like shapewear,
1: yeah. shapewear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's, that's my shtick on bras and plus they're really easy to list and they're light, but you know,
0: yeah, I feel like I need to research more high-end bras and see if I can find them because if I'm finding high-end pieces in a thrift store, I'm guaranteed there's going to be some high-end bras in there.
1: Oh, as well. for sure, for sure.
0: Yeah, I just don't do it. So let's add to the list of things Danielle needs to do. Stop bypassing that aisle and go down it.
1: Well, no, you also have to shop what you like. You know, yeah, I believe Yeah, but I that. think
0: it's okay to venture off into some different categories and learn about them. Yeah. So
1: Okay, pajamas. Uh, No. Same aisle. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love selling pajamas. And, um, I talked about pajamas in my what's sold video in my April edition. And I have to say they're not usually like huge sellers, but, um, I tend to pick up pajamas with cool graphic designs, typically animals. People love good puppy pajamas. Like they're kind of cutesy, but like Kate Spade. I've sold Kate Spade nightgowns. I have one in my closet now. Like eat cake for breakfast. Like those type of Kate Spade expressions. And both nightgowns I got at Savers both were like six dollars and then twenty percent off. And you know probably sold for twenty five or thirty. They're not huge high end, but um, but there seem to be consistent. And I feel like it's a. Underrepresented category on Poshmark, so yeah. I feel like you don't have quite as much competition. Um, I've I pick up gold label Victoria's Secret pieces, which is their vintage label. Um, gold okay. writing, um, what else? Uh, La- Salzburg, Lawns of Salzburg.
0: Is I've like, never heard of any of this,
1: really. Okay, yeah. so Lawns is like Who picture thinks? like Laura Ingalls, like, oh, okay. Late- collar um, yeah. flannel to your ankles like Christmas Eve plaid pajamas oh, what sort of my grandmother
0: grip. wears on a daily basis is what you're saying
1: yes yeah, so those sell pretty well on eBay I've actually sold them also on Poshmark but those are like they're in all the country catalogs and they they, they retail for like sixty sixty dollars sixty eight dollars around there fifty to sixty five dollars let's say and they usually sell for about twenty or thirty but people love this brand. And um, again, I don't think it's a real Poshmark friendly brand, but I have sold it on Poshmark. But yes, so my long answer is yes, I like pajamas.
0: (laughs) I like your long answer because I learned something new.
1: I'm sorry. Okay. Blazers.
0: Uh, I always look at blazers. Always.
1: Um, And I look at them, but they don't excite me. I don't sell blazers very well. I don't sell career wear very well. I don't think I have a career customer.
0: I love blazers. I don't know what it is, but I just love selling them. They don't necessarily. You always
1: find Max Mara blazers. That's why I always you love them.
0: find Max Mara blazers <laughs> and Dior blazers. So, but the thing is, is people don't typically search blazers, so you're more likely to find the designer luxury brand blazers there because people bypass blazers all the time.
1: Yeah. The one thing I do love about blazers, it's a little bit like shoes for me. It's a quick glance 100%. because they're bulkier, you know, like you got those shoulder pads and some of them, but they just go fast. And, um, so they are an easy one to, to glance through quickly. And, um, you know, they're a big win if you find a good one.
0: Yes. Yes. I like them. Uh, the next one is belts. I glaze over belts.
1: I sell a decent amount of belts. I like belts. Um, I'm, it's still a glaze, but I feel like the good ones stand out and they're usually under $5. So they're definitely worth looking at. Um, I, do, I tend to um, migrate to like the Lucky Brand, Bohemian Leather, Chunky, Country, those types of belts, blingy belts. Those are the ones I do the best with.
0: The one time I really looked at belts, I found a Burberry belt. This is like my first few months of like actually reselling for business purposes. Oh, and oh yeah, it was at Savers for three ninety nine, and I flipped that bad boy for one hundred and seventy five dollars. Oh well,
1: that would be all it would take for me to visit the belt section every day.
0: Yeah, but but then I, you know, I never find anything anymore. Like the <laughs> belts I find are just blah. So that I'm was just,
1: beginner's like, luck.
0: Yeah, it never happened again. Okay. um
1: I do like belts but the one thing is if I if I don't list belts right away they tend to sit in my death pile for a very long time
0: that's an an issue I have with belts
1: and scarves
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and it's a super easy thing to list too they're they are an easy item to list super
1: easy thing to list and then I got like on Amazon for $9.99 um like a hanger like a ring hanger where you just keep looping your belts on to like a circle and it's really been so wonderful for storage and I just hang it on a, on a rod. And so that's made my life a lot easier. So now I can access them easier. I like it just a little tidbit. Scarves.
0: Uh, I always look at scarves always. And you want to know why? Courtney, because she posted a video once about looking at scarves. And then ever since then I've always looked at scarves.
1: Do you have a lot of luck with them?
0: I do I have I have found some gems and scarves because the only thing about scarves and I will admit it can get very frustrating because there's so many of them they jam pack the scarf sections here and it's it gets to be a lot and they're on the bottom and you kind of have to bend down so it's not the most comfortable doing Mm -hmm. experience but you can find a lot of good stuff in there
1: I look at scarves. Yeah, I glance through them quickly. Um, I think because I have a backlog of scarves that need to be listed. So um yeah. Yeah. Yep. But no, the, but but scarves, scarves are good. And I also try to um only pick up scarves that have um either a brand name, like stitched or printed somewhere mm-hmm. on them, um, or the fabric content. If yeah. I find silk or cashmere or something like that. Um so yeah. if that's I look for those really quickly when I'm when I'm glancing through. Okay, last category scrubs, nursing outfits.
0: I don't, but I feel like I'm missing out because I don't do it. Once again, it's in the same aisle as bras, underwear, as pajamas and maternity. It
1: is. (laughs) The scrubs. Um, So again, I I have to give credit to the women who have taught me on the internet because I've learned so much from people. But in this case, I believe it was Nicole State who talked about figs, Mm. like Fig Newton. Yeah, Um,
0: that was the one that when, you know, I thought about, I was like, you know, if I only had searched the scrubs area right now, I'd be making money well it's
1: it's another area that you can go through in like two minutes because there aren't a lot of scrubs so um it's worth educating yourself on what sells like i've always wondered about like the the graphics like i know that the Grey's anatomy line i think does okay i think
0: i don't know i don't even know they Um, have a (laughs) line
1: yeah they have a line of scrubs but um But I know that fig, so I had heard it. I um, went to the consignment store that I had been working with prior to Corona. They were having a sidewalk sale. They had a figs um, shirt, um, and it's more fitted than typical scrubs. uh, Sidewalk sale for a dollar. Oh, wow. I believe it sold for $30 in two days. This is my only experience with figs, but it was powerful and it was. (laughs) profitable. And so I'm hooked. So I always look for figs, but outside of that, I don't look for anything, but it's a so, quick scan.
0: Moral of the story, Daniella needs to actually go down that aisle.
1: Yes, Daniella. And yes, <laughs> maybe we'll go next week because I think I need to come to Rhode Island.
0: Yay. Okay. So guys, yeah, my thrift stores are open, but I have a YouTube video coming out on it and my thoughts on it. It is safe. That is all I'm going to say. It. It Oh was my
1: gosh. I I feel like the one I went to in New Hampshire, I could have eaten off their floor. It was so clean.
0: Very, very safe. Um, And the employees are being extremely, extremely careful and cautious and calling out customers if they're not being safe. So, um, yeah. I
1: think thrift stores more than any other establishment where they're dealing with used things they have a point to prove they have to go the extra mile. So I think they are the two that I went to so far. I was really impressed with. And yeah, I put a video out last week about my first experience in the stores and I, I think it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Inventory is not great yet. Although you had some great inventory, but um,
0: I, I did, I did, but I also went to like six different locations. So oh gosh, wow. That's yeah. Awesome. Well, I took some time off last week, much, much needed time off. So that's good. All
1: right, everybody. So that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us today and taking time out of your day to listen to Thrifters Villa. We really appreciate your support.
0: Yes. Thank you guys so much. And I will see you next week for our next coffee talk, which will be about eBay shipping with a special friend of mine. So stay tuned for that.
1: All right, everybody have a happy Memorial Day. Take care. Bye. Bye.